Hey everybody, Tyree here with Before I Forget, and I want to tell you guys about Infinity Artist Agency, IAA. It's a full-service talent agency that delivers representation across all artistic spectrums in the entertainment industry. If you're an aspiring artist and you're trying to get into the entertainment business, hit these guys up at infinityartistagency.com. At the bottom of the page, you can submit your personal information and they'll get back to you. All you got to do is fill it out and it could change your life forever. Thanks, and let's get back to the show. Hey everybody, Tyree here with Before I Forget. Sorry there's not a new show today. Instead, there's going to be a solo show for me and a solo show from Kevin. So please listen all the way through. There should be a new show next week. Thank you for listening to Before I Forget. Please like, listen, share, and subscribe. Hey everyone, it's Kevin here with Before I Forget. And um, I wanted to take some time to address something that I had mentioned in the um the emergency episode that Tyree and I had done uh not too long ago after the um Texas shooting um at some point in that show I went on like a kind of a mini rant where I kind of uh lashed out if you will at this uh this alpha male or female brovet mentality and uh I kind of wanted to just kind of clarify a little bit, maybe go into a little more details as to what I meant by that. So that's what we're doing here today. So I kind of went on this little rant talking about how, you know, we were talking about veterans, you know, volunteering for these jobs to protect kids at schools, but it would be very difficult to be able to do that. If you're one of these veterans who's walk around as if you're the victim of war and woe is me and pity party, blah, blah, blah. And while that doesn't necessarily mm, fall under the alpha mentality, it does fall under, I don't know, a similar mentality, I think, right? Because while on one hand you're saying, woe is me, look how much I've sacrificed for my country, blah, 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 blah. You're also saying it with the tone, you generally speaking, you, right? Um, but you're also saying it with the tone of, uh, you need to appreciate me more for the things that I did. And if you're one of the folks that joined the military, um, for the accolades, for the clout, then you did it for the wrong reason. Um, because at the end of the day, honestly, it's, it's just, there's, you know, I don't, I don't know. It's, at, at the end of the day, it's just, it's, it's it really, it just makes you look bad and it makes us look bad. So I kind of wanted to point that out because don't get me wrong, man. People came back, mm, lost, um, damaged, broken, maimed, disfigured. But that doesn't mean that we all deserve the right to walk around acting like we are damaged or broken or maimed or disfigured. But many, many, many veterans do. I fucking hate that. Not everybody that deployed 
did something. And that's okay. That's perfectly fine. But a lot of people that didn't do something will come back with a story about how they did something. I've heard it time and time again. We've caught people red-handed. We've caught people using photos that we took while in Iraq and saying that they took them. I've heard people lying about their experiences deployed to Afghanistan and then run into somebody that was in the unit with them and be like, what? No, they worked in the mailroom the entire year. It's a true story confirmed by several people. It's just not necessary, man. The fact that the fact that you joined the military in the first place says a lot about you, right? Regardless of the reasons, even if you did it for clout. Unless you're just a moron, you don't understand that you're probably going to deploy to combat at some point, especially during the last 20 years, right? But you know, you, you just don't need to lie to kick it as as they used to say back in the day on the streets. Just be honest about your experiences. There's no reason to walk around and act like you're Billy Badass. Not everybody was. If you listen to a lot of the stories that's been told on this podcast, a lot of us don't think we're Billy Badass. We know we did some stuff. We know we experienced some things. But uh, that doesn't mean that we are like Mr. Badass Gung-Ho, ready to go, look at me, everybody bow down. Like, that's just, that's the wrong mentality to have, man. Um, I had a thought earlier about being humble and uh, being humble with your experiences. And I didn't used to be. I used to be a very proud person when it came to that stuff. Don't be wrong. I'm, I'm proud of the things that I've done and my experiences. And I'm proud of the men and women that I've served with. And I'm proud of all the ones that I didn't serve with that went off and did some stuff. <clears throat> but what I say by like being proud, like how I was before, was like, hey, look at me. I served. I did this. You know, it was almost as if I was able, I was looking for a way to bring up my combat experience in conversations about anything. And it was just unnecessary. Um, yeah, so I mean, it's, it's okay to be humble. Yeah, man, we, we went through some hard times. We did some hard things. Um, but that doesn't necessarily make us hard people. Um, it's okay to be humble, right? It's, uh, it's acceptable. Um, you get a lot of people expressing that extreme amount of pride or that prideful mentality um, within the Brovat community, right? With the grunt style shirts and all that stuff. Talking about, uh, you know, all the, all the supermoto bullshit they put on t-shirts nowadays. You know, fucking lead me, follow me, or get out of my way, or I'm a one-man wolf pack. Uh, that's from a movie. But you get what I'm saying. Um, <clears throat> I'll tell you, the moment that it kind of, uh, <clears throat> that I got to see how I was being, 
um, through my own eyes um, and seeing somebody else. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm breathing like a motherfucker, but <laughs> I kind of ran into my room because I was like, I need to talk about this right now. Um, now, I was out at a bar one time, and uh, there's this dude in there just acting a fool, just being loud, obnoxious, and just ridiculous, drunk off his ass. And uh, being super embarrassing for his friends. They were just like, oh my God, this dude. The guy's wearing a shirt. And I don't remember what brand it was, but it said, cut me some slack. I went to Iraq. And it just, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't handle that, man. I mean, I didn't say nothing to the dude, but that, that really like makes other people like have a bad perception of us, right? Cut me some slack. I went to Iraq. I deployed. I went to a war zone. What did you do? It's just, it's just unnecessary. It's okay to be humble, right? It's okay to be, you know, to hang out with your civilian friends and appreciate the things that they did in their lives. You know, not everybody's going to go through those same experiences as us. And I think that's important to note. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I had a lot more to say on this, but I kind of feel like I've said it all. Let me take a drink of my Sierra Nevada Pale Ale handcrafted ale um, in a can and uh, collect my thoughts real quick. All right. That didn't do much. Um, this other other thing, this like this alpha male thing. I love it when I'm in the gym. And I see people wearing shirts that say like beast or savage or fucking my, your warm up is my workout or maybe it's the other way around. Your workout is my warm up. I don't know. I think it's that one. Just, just go to the gym and lift. I wanted to, <laughs> my buddy Derek and I had to come up with this idea. And I wanted to uh, make a shirt that was like beta male or, uh, I think the one we had come up with was, um, uh, uh, what was it? Uh, cuck cleanup crew. <laughs> That's disgusting, but <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <clears throat> because it's just not necessary. And I see these dudes that like are definitely not savage and definitely are not beasts. Definitely not fucking alphas on any, on any level. Um, <laughs> Wearing this shit, man, with their like sleeves ripped off of their shirt and they're flexing in the mirror. Like, bro, like, you are a twig, and that's fine. Be proud of what you've done, but you, there's no need. There's no need for all that, unless you're competing. There's just no need. Like, my friend Pete, she, uh, she competes. She's getting, in, she's doing her next, her first competition next year. So she's prep. She's in prep. Takes a lot of photos of her flexing and stuff. And, uh, and you know, it makes sense because she's trying to check her form. She's trying to check her physique. She's trying to see all the angles. It makes sense. But if you're some like fucking 20 year old kid flexing in the mirror, I'll tell you a funny story. Something that happened to me when I first started working out. Cause I was that kid. I wasn't 20 years old. I was like, fuck, what was I? 28, I think. <clears throat> 
So there I am in the gym, and I'm doing uh, cable rows, right? The close grip cable rows. And uh, and I've got it like at like 100 pounds, 110 pounds, you know what I mean? I, you know, fairly new in the gym, so that, that felt heavy to me. And I'm sitting there like, you know, doing my reps, and I'm feeling strong, and I'm feeling big, you know what I mean? And I'm standing there next to the thing in between sets, and I'm just feeling fucking, like, you know, jacked. This dude, <clears throat> Joe, a very large human, <clears throat> probably six foot five, had to be pushing 280, all muscle, comes up to me and says, hey man, do you mind if I work in with you? I said, yeah, yeah, sure man, go ahead, yeah, hop on. This dude sits down, takes the pin out of the plate stack, puts it in the very bottom one, and then just very easily reps out. Just one after another. Bam, 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 bam. All while looking at me and was like, so, back day? <laughs> I felt so damn embarrassed, man. But it checked me. You know what I mean? Put me in my fucking spot. Made me realize <clears throat> that uh, there's always somebody bigger out there. I mean, and you might you might be like, I, I don't know, man. That's a, that's kind of an alpha move, right? That's a, that's a dickhead move. <clears throat> but it what it does is it keeps you humble. I got to know the guy over time. <clears throat> Super nice guy. And I told him, I told him about that story. And he just laughed and laughed and laughed. And he told me why, why he had done, why he had done it. And uh, that was why. Um, he said that uh, I was acting too big. <laughs> and I needed to, uh, I needed to be checked back into, uh, brought back down to earth, so to speak. And I think we all need those moments from time to time. For fucking sure. I know I do. I mean, I, my, you know, you know, you know how it is, especially if you go to the gym, you know how it is. But, <clears throat> you know, you get to lift and you start to feel big, your arms are all veiny, and you're like, fuck yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't hurt to be, to be humble. That's all. That's all it is, man. So <clears throat> if you're that veteran walking around, acting like, woe is me, blah, 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 pity party, you know, stop it. Like, I, I thank you for your service. I really do. But stop it. If you're that fucking dude walking around acting like you're Mr. Alpha, fucking big-headed, dumb motherfucker, stop it. Because there's always somebody bigger than you. I'll tell you another time I got humbled. I was a bouncer at a club. It was 14 years ago. A bouncer at a club. And, uh, this dude starts being super aggressive with this female. So I go up to him. I was like, hey, bro, you got to go. <clears throat> we don't allow that shit here. He turns to me and starts cussing me up and down. Gives me the finger and tells me to fuck off and walks away. I said, I ain't going to fly, man. And I go up to him and I grab his arm, spin him back around. And he faces me, starts cussing me some more. So I back him up against the wall. <clears throat> As I got him up against the wall, another bouncer shows up to my left. I quickly glance at that bouncer to tell him what's going on. And the dude I'm about to bounce sucker punches me. One hit, I go down. Breaks my face in. I'd have reconstructive surgery. Humbled me. That guy was like a half a foot shorter than me, smaller than me. Laid me out. Doesn't hurt to be humble, folks. My dogs are barking. So I need to go figure out what's going on with them. 
But uh, y'all have a good one, and uh, we'll talk with you later. Hey, everybody. Tyree here with, before I forget, this is a solo show, just me. And um, I really haven't been going into the police story so much, and this will probably be the last one for a while. Um, so I'm going to try to make this one more theatrical. Okay. It's not a good story, though. I don't know if I've told this before. I know I told this um, story to uh, friends, but me telling this story has always caused them to say, hey, you should write a book. So before we get into that, I want to throw a pitch to you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our, you know, last few shows that we have going on. Uh, we passed 5,000 plays on a, uh, a anchor and that's, you know, it's pretty big. We've only been doing this for four months now Four, yeah, four months. We got 5,000 plays. So, you know, keep it going. Um, we have some exciting news about, um, some shows Besides Star Major Sims coming on, which is awesome. Uh, we are going to have some familiar faces um, that are going to have their own shows associated with us. Uh, we're going to give you guys more information on that later. Um, but according to the analytics, you guys like these folks a lot and they're going to have their own show and we're going to, you know, help them along with it. And they're going to be under our umbrella of shows under the before, or I forget, you know, umbrella or whatever. We'll think of a better name, the mighty umbrella. I used that before. Um, yeah. So here we go. Uh, this story is <clears throat> one of the things you don't think about when you apply to be a police officer is like uh, you see a lot of death and it's not necessarily like from your hands or someone else's hands, but they're accidents. And for whatever reason, the stars line up and you happen to be where you are at a particular moment when someone passes. Uh, so for this particular night, me and my partner, Gonzo, I believe, we were working uh, Safer Cities out of uh, Central Division in Skid Row. We had always talked to the watch commander, oh, not the watch commander, the, the guy who was in charge of our group. I'm not going to name him, but the guy who was in charge of our group. And we say, hey, can we do some other kind of ops? We're tired of just driving around in Skid Row looking for these drug dealers. Let's go up on top of a roof and we can spot them from there. And then we can call somebody in and they can come scoop them up. It'd be nice and easy. You know, nobody, no danger, nothing like that. I'm not here for the users. I could care less. Like those people are just addicted. I'm here for the people who are out here making you sell your kids shoes so they can sell you, you know, these rocks. It's fucking pathetic and I hate it. Those are the worst. Drug dealers are the worst. Not the users, the dealers. Anyway, 
Uh, we're sitting on top of this roof. And uh, it's really easy to watch a drug dealer on Skid Row. There's no work to it. You can just watch one person stand on the corner and people just flock to him left and right. All 360 is like a... How do you describe it? Like if you have a soapy water, an oily water, and you put a drop of uh, soap in and how it expands away, it pushes out and everything. Imagine that, but in reverse, and you have a drug dealer. All the trash comes to them. So you just sit there and wait and watch. And you watch... And you watch and you make sure that you get all the information you can. It's not just, okay, he made one deal, go get him. No, he has to make several deals because he's been sitting there for a minute. You have to spell this out in court later. I watched this person make several drug deals and I called the watch commander, said, hey, I need a unit down on Olympic and wherever. And in came the unit. Sent them on in, and they picked up the dude, stopped him. I'm like, hey, no matter what, keep your eyes on him. and Make sure that he doesn't swallow the dope. He's going to pull it from his ass, and he's going to try to swallow it. That's the worst thing that can happen, because now we're going to have to go to the police sta- or the uh, hospital, and... We're going to have to have him drink this stuff. It's going to cause him to throw up or or poop out all the dope that he ate. It's gross. I've done it. I don't know how many times. Sitting in the hospital with somebody waiting for that charcoal to work. So uh, eventually we take care of getting him from point A to point B. But sure enough, he swallows the dope. And I am pissed. I'm not mad enough to like hit this dude or anything crazy like that. But man, everything goes smoothly when things go smoothly. But now all of a sudden, I'm dealing with this guy and he's swallowing dope. It's kind of annoying. So now I have to call to the station or call back to the hospital and say, hey, we're transporting one person. It's kind of annoying. But here we go. So we're trying to find the fastest hospital we can get him into. Normally, we would go to USCMC downtown. Um, But tonight, plus, I think I was going to go on vacation. I'm like, he's going to Sentinel in Inglewood. And that was the bottom line. So we're driving on down to Sentinel Hospital. And uh, he, we're... Um, kind of trying to figure out what we're going to eat uh, because we know we're going to be sitting there for a minute. So I'm like, we're going to Brawley Hood. Brawley Hood. I don't know. Yeah, Brawley Hood is uh, off of Crenshaw and Imperial. Really good pastrami burgers, um, pastrami sandwiches and burritos and shit like that. I go for the pastrami burrito. So I was already looking forward to that. So we're driving on and uh, I can hear him in the back talking shit. I'm going to make you guys night miserable. Like, yeah, I'm sure. Sure, dude. I'm going on vacation as soon as this night's done. So whatever. (sighs) 
We get to the hospital. We get them checked in. I'm going to get that food. So I bounce. And I come back later. And my partner, I'm like, hey, man, I'll sit with him. You go eat. And, you know, we'll, we'll flop off later. We'll switch off. So, <clears throat> one thing that I try not to do is sit and talk to the person I arrest. Unless I have some kind of, like, soft spot for him. But this guy was a drug dealer. He's a piece of shit. He's an asshole. He's talking shit the whole time. Trying to challenge us kind of to fights. Like, trying to egg us in the shit. I'm like, I'm not doing that. Just stop it. Just chill out, dude. Chill out with all that bullshit. I don't give a fuck about what you're trying to talk about. Let's just get through this whole ordeal. And that'll be it. So there was no room to check him into. So we're in the hospital, the ER area of the hospital. And if you know me, you know, I fucking hate Sentinel hospital. I have family members go there. Always bad memories going there always. And this is one of the worst. <clears throat> so we're sitting there in the hospital and his family, they they come in to the hospital, uh, and they're all pacing around. I don't exactly know why, but this makes the guy that I arrest kind of perk up. He's cuffed to the to the stretcher, and so we both kind of have a full view of what's going on in the ER, to include into the ER rooms. This was a terrible setup for this hospital, by the way. I fucking hate it. So. We figure out why those people are rushing in. And it is for this kid who isn't breathing. Uh, the entire hospital's quiet. You can hear a mouse pissing on cotton in space when they bring this kid in. And it is it makes everyone stop and freeze and watch. He's not breathing. The father is screaming. He's pacing around. He's pushing people. He's begging for them to help. Uh, the mother's crying. She can't believe it. She's saying, he said he needed help with his asthma medicine. I couldn't find it. The doctors, the ER doctors are working on this kid. <sighs> They're working on this kid. And it's been minutes. He hasn't breathing. We can actually hear the flat line. This kid's gone. But the doctor's still working on him. And it was in vain. One of the nurses had to basically beg him to stop. They hit him with those crash pads, the the shock, the, the paddles. I don't know how many times. He's gone. I think he's gone before he even got to the hospital. 
but the suspect that I had, he tried to turn his head away from it. So I grabbed him by the hair and I pushed his head, his eyes, his face back towards this tragedy. And I whispered in his ear, you're going to remember this for the rest of your fucking life. You're going to watch. We didn't have to be here. I let him go. The hospital's still quiet. Besides, yeah, the sound of machines going off every now and then. But, fuck. Eventually, this guy shits out the fucking crack. I fucking, because I'm still kind of new. I got to fish into the toilet with a fucking tongue depressor and grab these fucking rocks out, scoop into a bag, bag that up, wrap that up, and then wrap that up for protection because it's getting gross. Uh, And then we take him to get booked. Normally, the drug dealers, they're out. The good ones, anyway. The ones that have been doing it for a minute, they're out within a few hours. I didn't care. I was going on vacation. But, uh, that's that. That was the story of, uh, the kid in the hospital. Um, it's a painful story for me because, like I said, it's something I, I didn't have to witness. So those, those family moments that you shouldn't see. Especially a, a family losing a kid. I mean, there's no privacy to that, I guess. But I'm, in, in some cases, just just some things you don't need to see. That was definitely something I didn't need to see and hear. You know, I didn't have any connection to those people. I didn't have anything invested in them. But... You know, in space, there's points where things happen for whatever reason. It's just space. Whatever happens and causes those points to happen, that's just the way it's supposed to be. You can't change anything now, right? You just got to remember that if you aren't doing the wrong thing at the right time, you won't be at the right place at the wrong time. And that's what happened there. Uh, So, anyway, thank you for listening to Before I Forget. Um, We have, at the minimum, next season, our show. We're going to have one show from the hosts that I'm going to have on one a week, not one a week. Yeah. One a week, I think. So we're going to have a, a, a network of shows with before I forget and whatever they decide to name their shows. And we're going to move on from there. It's going to be huge. You know, this is the dream of this is my vision is to start a bunch of veterans or a bunch of people who have something to say, uh, talking, Because me and Kevin did this, and it was easy. I mean, 
we've improved quite a bit, I think. We went from talking on cell phones with earbuds uh, to now like having a mini studio on both ends and both of our audio sounds great. And, and I'm like, you know what? We need to get other people in on this and we're not going to make a, it's not for profit or anything. The monetization is turned off uh, for, for most shows now. So we don't care about that. We just want to get a, uh, our, our message out to folks and let them know that the shit's going to be all right, bro. And uh, you're going to have some fucked up days you're going to have some fucking awesome days. And if you only focus on the fucked up days, you're never going to be around mentally for the awesome ones. And that's what I'm dealing with now. Uh, but, you know, with therapy, I'm getting it together. So once again, thank you guys for listening to Before I Forget. Please like, listen, and subscribe and share it. And, uh, oh, part two of Walker Walker's show. Uh, King of uh, what private the the first class of all privates part two is going to be out on uh, Monday, so um, thank you for listening and have a good one.